Gary V says that not everybody is entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. They just don't. And it's okay. Like mm -hmm. the term entrepreneurial is like so in like everybody should have their own business. Everybody should get into real estate. If you don't, you failed. So my life story and every, actually everyone's life story is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. This might be for some of you that are in a job that you don't want to let go of. What that person could do is learn how to invest passively correctly. Welcome to Personal Finance Cat, where I share my personal take on personal finance. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the show. How are so you? So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Long time no see. Hope all is well. So Pili Yarosi loves to help people and lead with aloha. She is a founder and investor, education and relations director for Yarusi Holdings, a multifamily investment firm that has acquired over 2,000 units valued at $200 million since 2016. The firm repositions properties through operational efficiencies, moderate to extensive renovations, and complete rebranding. Pili is a co-founder and coach at Seven Figure Multifamily, focusing on real estate syndication and multifamily investing, and trains others on the success formula for buying apartment buildings at www.sevenfiguremultifamily.com. Very impressive. Again, long time no see, and um, we'd certainly miss you. Um, I haven't kept track because during the pandemic, things were just crazy. When did you guys move to Tennessee again? We moved to Tennessee in 2019. Okay, so amidst the pandemic, how has that been? It's been a, an exciting and amazing move. Yeah. Uh, we've been we were actually looking to move for the past few years before that, mm -hmm. and then the pandemic happened, and we all like sequestered ourselves in our houses. We all remember that, right. um, and it just got to the point where we were like, okay, well, home prices are raising are rising because we we basically moved into a last flip. Mm -hmm. um, it was a beautiful house right. and all of a sudden the house was worth more. So I thought it was going to take a little while, put it on market. Mm -hmm. It was, I got a call from an agent, not three minutes later, they ended up, they ended up actually buying the house. Her, her clients actually ended up buying the house at a hundred thousand dollars over ask. Wow. So, it was it was a good time to move. We ended up moving to Tennessee sight unseen. I hadn't even seen the house. I had a partner look at it, uh -huh. and it's been fantastic ever since. And we are actually just completing uh, this month, in fact, the renovation on our forever home. Oh wow, that's great! I'm sure it's an awesome house. Yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah. So I know that even before that, you already started investing in Tennessee and some other southern mm -hmm. states so was that the reason why you guys decided to move there to be closer it, to business? it was one of the catalysts it made it a lot easier so we were actually looking at um phoenix arizona uh -huh. but we decided well i decided it was too hot <laughs> we we're also looking at denver colorado another really good place for investors to move yeah i just said it was too cold <laughs> <laughs> and also very hard and also very expensive yeah. especially now um, and Tennessee worked out, especially in the, in the Nashville MSA that we were, that we live in, mm -hmm. because we have partners that we were already working with here that were a couple of LPs that we knew, uh, so a few of our mentors and some of our partners were already living here. Right. And we had just gotten a deal under contract in Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. So it made sense. One day, my husband, Jason just said, you know, what about what about Tennessee? What about Nashville? I was like, okay, yeah. that's seriously how the conversation went. Okay, sounds great. We have, yeah. and plus, we still had we still had our our buildings in Kentucky at the time, so it was a like a three hour drive there. We ended up getting uh, units in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. uh, we have properties in Georgia. We have now we have properties in Carolina. So it's just everything is in this vicinity and it works out yeah that's great yeah i love the south because i went to graduate school there mm -hmm. and i visited those states you mentioned i think they're all very nice it's very yeah. 
family friendly, a lot of space, a lot more affordable. If I could, I would move there too, but because of family reasons. <laughs> I mean, literally, oh gosh. So we were on 0.17 acres in Westfield, New Jersey <clears throat> previously. Uh -huh. Our yeah, our taxes yeah. were like close to seventeen thousand dollars. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I just I can't. Now we have almost three acres, mm -hmm. and our taxes aren't even close to that. I oh. think I think it's going to be may, maybe around five thousand at like the top. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like just the yeah, the cost of living here is is lower. You get more for your money. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like you said, it's family friendly and it's just been, it's been an amazing experience. Yeah, that's great. So happy for you. So maybe let's just take a step back. Can you maybe give a high level overview of the two companies that I mentioned in the intro? The seven okay. multifamily and the Yarusi Holdings. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Yerusi Holding is our, Holdings is our parent company. We've had this company in effect. We opened it when we were flipping and wholesaling houses. Mm -hmm. So that was back in, we started that in 2013. Um, and we just kind of carried the name throughout every single facet of our journey since then. Because we used to, we started off, my husband was a was the president of his family's construction company that used to lift and raise homes in New Jersey called um, WA Building Movers. Mm -hmm. So out of that, we started flipping and uh, flipping homes, uh, mostly in the in the Jersey Shore area because we did raise houses. We literally like took the house, lifted it up, lifted it up twice, uh -huh. and added square footage that way. And right. that's how we used to flip homes. Mm -hmm. That took a long time. So we started doing quicker flips. And then we started doing even quicker flips called wholesales. Um, <laughs> and then one day in 2015, 2016, forgot that it was 2016. Um, I was pregnant with our second child. We had the construction company. We had a whole bunch of other, we had a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And we introduced multifamily into the fray come 2018 decided we were done flipping and wholesaling homes i closed that that side of the company and we went forward strictly into multifamily now yarusi holdings actually is we're largely multifamily mm -hmm. most of our assets are multifamily but we have started to take down storage facilities and we are also in development so that's your holding. So that's our parent company. That's our acquisitions company. Yeah. Uh, seven figure multifamily, on the other hand, is our education company. So when we lived in New Jersey, and this ties back to why Tennessee was so important to us. When we lived in New Jersey, we started Multifamily Foundation. And it was our education program. We had we had a robust meetup that we used to host every month. And out of that meetup, we had a small group of students that we would basically teach every week about how to acquire large multifamily. Mm -hmm. When we moved to Tennessee, we actually teamed up with our old mentors at Seven Figure Flipping. Bill Allen and his team to create seven-figure multifamily. And that's our education platform, um, helping those who want to get into multifamily, whether it's passive or active or a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Makes sense. That's great. So, um, yeah, I remember going to your meetups back. This is definitely before the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I think at some point you made a speech and it was about how you decided to focus I think at that point, you probably was around the time you were saying 2015 or maybe a little bit later, you were saying that you decided to focus on, at the time, still heavy construction and multifamily. But I guess it sounds like maybe the heavy construction is also gone at this point. Yeah, that we, uh, we, we are dissolving that company slowly. Um, it's time for us to, to uh, retire Jason's parents, retire his father. Um, they're actually building a lovely home for themselves in New Jersey. And, nice. and it's great. It's a good time. And actually, my, my brother-in-law, Ryan Yerusi, uh, is actually stepping in to Yerusi Holdings because he was helping uh, uh, 
my father-in-law run WA Building Movers as we started going more of the uh, investment route instead of con heavy construction. So, but the thing is, I my, uh, my tone, my focus tone has not changed. I'm still all about focus, even though I just told you, you know, we've, we're jumping into other asset classes, mm -hmm. still real estate and it's still investing. Yeah. Um, we are, we have allowed ourselves to do this because we have focused so much on creating the systems for multifamily that we can actually, we can actually take those systems and go into other forms of real estate. We have a company and employees that help us, an in, incredible team that we've created to help uh, create the systems and create the pathways into these different asset classes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So maybe take an even further step back. Mm -hmm. When you kind of started on this real estate journey, what was kind of the catalyst that made it happen? Because I think you and Jason were both actors before, right? You kind of had a prior life of, of its own. So how did you guys decide to become entrepreneurs and investors? And what made you make that decision? So we were always, I guess, entrepreneurial, even when we lived in New York City together and separately as actors and getting into the arts. We were also, I mean, a real artist is also a business person. Mm -hmm. So the entrepreneurial spirit was all, always there. Jason also owned a brewery and a, a restaurant in New York right. City. Um, we were also managing a huge restaurant. If you are in the tri-state area in New York City, you probably have heard of the frying pan. And that's where Jason and I met. Wow, okay, cool. So that, that's actually the catalyst of the start. We were, we, we did, we were in the arts and we were actors at mm -hmm. some point in our lives, yeah. but we met bartending in 2003. I actually hired him. Oh. Uh, and in 2005, uh, I actually went to LA to try my hand there and he took over my job. 2009, my boss, our boss at the time, John Crevy, an amazing, amazing visionary, mm -hmm. actually invited me to come back. He said, come back and work for me. You can live in Hawaii for six months of the year, work for me during the summertime, it'll be perfect. And it was actually perfect for about, geez, I did that for three years. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was fantastic. At some point though, I was like, I'm done with New York. I'm going to go back to Hawaii and just gonna live in Hawaii and I'll figure it out. Um, this is a time when uh, I've, I mean, if you want to get really truthful, I was anorexic. I wasn't taking very good care of myself. I was working out too much. It was just a, a really crazy time for me. Um, this was uh, 2012. So that's, so after that summer, I go back to Hawaii and Jason calls me. We also end up being single at the same time for the first time in the almost decade of knowing each other. He was like, meet me in San Francisco. Let's go have some fun. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'll meet you in San Francisco. I had friends. I still had friends in LA. So I visited my friends in LA, mm -hmm. uh, took a plane up to San Francisco, met, met Jason in San Francisco. A few months later, moved back to New York. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, took care of myself. I'm going to, I want to finish that little tidbit of the story. I ended, I ended up taking really good care of myself. That's great. In that chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I opened up a new one with Jason. So yeah. I know this this, uh, this was like the whole kind of origin story of why. <laughs> yeah. never heard of that. That's great. Thank you for sharing. So, Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's actually a part of the story that very few people know about is the mm -hmm. actor part. And I figure if we're going to go down that road, I might as well tell <laughs> you the story. So, so 2000 and geez, 2012, 2013, that those years, we Hurricane Sandy happens. Mm -hmm. Hurricane Sandy decimates the Jersey Shore, and I mean, lots of the, much of the East Coast, but Jersey Shore, Shore in particular, all of a sudden, Jason's father's company that lifts houses goes from having maybe a dozen house lifts a year to hundreds of people are calling. Mm -hmm. and his father and his mother can't take the onslaught of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was basically a mom and pop shop. Mm -hmm. So 
Jason and I jump in. I mean, we have this newly formed relationship. We just moved in together, and now we're we're jumping in together. I I, I end up helping out with sales. Mm-hmm. We go to the Jersey Shore to look and like look at homes and price out homes. So this is the this is kind of the advent of or the start of um, driving for dollars. We didn't know it at the time, and I don't even think that I don't even think that that phrase was coined yet. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, we were driving for dollars, and we were seeing all these. I mean, it was really like it was really sad. I don't know if you remember what the Jersey Shore looked like back then. It was just like it was like the homes were just decimated. They're like people's lives were upturned, and we wanted to do our best to help. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did for those years that summer we work our last summer at the frying pan because i was like i'm kind of i'm done bartending i'm done working for someone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we also jason and i wanted to start a family yeah so that summer that october i'm like i'm done i work my last shift have my last shot of tequila and i'm out Mm -hmm. we also decide we're gonna start our family we start and we decide we're gonna have our we're gonna have a baby I thought it was gonna take a little while longer because you know Mm -hmm. I had to take care of my body a month later I'm pregnant (laughs) (laughs) that's usually how it happens yeah (laughs) you think it's gonna take a long time and all of a sudden you're like okay and a few months after that we sit down as a family his father included his his my his brother my brother-in-law included mm-hmm. and we decide that jason and i are going to take steps forward to learn how to flip homes mm-hmm. and that's why we get into real estate because we wanted our time back we wanted to be there for our family to be there for our new family our children yet to be born mm-hmm. um, but as you well know flipping and wholesaling homes unless fully systematized is just another job oh yeah yeah. So that's why, and I'm going to go, because I've already told this story, that's why we went from flipping to wholesaling. We systematized it enough, but we also had the construction company. So we were never, we could never totally get hands off. Mm-hmm. Like a former mentor used to say, this guy, Justin Williams, he was like, put down the hammer, Peely. Mm-hmm. I would never put down the hammer. <laughs> we would always be in there, like fixing things, doing things ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um so when we got into multifamily, especially doing it from New Jersey, yeah. in the Midwest, um, and in the South, we had to be hands-off. We had to hire the right people. We had yeah. to create a team. We had to bring on other people that could do it better than us. Yeah. So multifamily was the way to go in respects to having and getting our time back. Mm-hmm. And now we are at a point that... Like if I wanted to, I could I could probably just stay home and just be with the kids. I mean, that's what we did during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like we were we actually I know a lot of bad happened during COVID, but for our family, we actually excelled because we had set a foundation, a financial foundation and a and a, I guess a familial foundation, like a family foundation that was really, really strong. And we were able to ride that out and excel and grow our business while I while I homeschooled. Like we homeschooled our kids during that whole time. We actually homeschooled for the for the first year here in Tennessee because mm-hmm. I liked it so much. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, that's the reasons why why I love real estate. Yeah. No, I, I read about that um, the script when you did that podcast interview with Bigger Pockets. I mm-hmm. read about the homeschooling. So that's that's great. I think you must be so busy with all these um, kind of adventures and taking care of the kids. But as you were explaining, it made sense because mm-hmm. you laid the foundation, like you said, and you systematized as much as possible. So that's really great. And then I guess kind of a follow-on question is, um, it, it, it sounds all kind of natural and made sense, but I think you mentioned in your Bigger Pockets podcast episode that you had to let go of things, right? And then maybe back to the point you were mentioning at the beginning, the focus, you've never let that go. So can you talk a bit more about how you can overcome that hurdle mentally to let go of things that you know were working well and then try to 
switch to something new? So I am, I believe I was referring to letting go of our wholesaling and flipping right. company yeah. mm-hmm. because that company was making a lot of money. And this is 2016. This is, we were wholesaling, even though we flipped primarily in the Jersey shore, we were wholesaling in um, Jersey city in like all these, all these areas that were just starting to boom. Like Mm -hmm. you could literally get something under contract, especially in Jersey city. And it would be taken like that Mm -hmm. at crazy prices. I think our largest wholesaling fee was 93,000. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was a booming business. Our, like our marketing spend a month, mm-hmm. we took it to $15,000 a month because we could, we could handle that. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to get direct to seller. We wanted to have people to answer the phones. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on mojo dialer all the time running my flipper and wholesalers. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was calling, I was also, I, I forgot to mention this. I was also a working, uh, real estate agent. Oh, so that's I, right. less, I was still, I was, I was doing all the things. Mm-hmm. So when we decided to go into multifamily and we started seeing the growth there, mm-hmm. I remember there was, I had one more push. I was pregnant with our second child at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just started with EXP Realty, mm-hmm. uh, a company. And I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to create a team because any, any of the leads that we're getting that we weren't purchasing, I wanted to make sure I could funnel them to my team members so that they could get the listings. Mm-hmm. And so we had the marketing spend going, we had the machine going, it was systematized, it was running really well. And I started this team and that was going and I was pregnant and it just got to the point where I was hurting so much, just mm-hmm. like... I like to think it was like mostly physical pain for the pregnancy, but I think like my men, my like my mental capacity at that point was like zilch because mm-hmm. I was trying too many things. Mm-hmm. So although it was painful to let a portion of like we had built this company for so many years to mm-hmm. let that go, it would have been more painful to keep it going. Could we have kept those businesses going? Maybe. Mm-hmm. but I think it would have been at a real like personal struggle and it would have just been too much for, for me to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason and I are a fantastic team. Mm-hmm. And at that time we just did not have the team members to keep up all the companies. Mm-hmm. Now we are able to bring on other asset classes. We're not flipping and wholesaling homes quite yet mm-hmm. although we did take on a portfolio that has some smaller um not we have there's like a couple of two units in there like duplexes in yeah. that in this 44 unit portfolio that we get we took down in murfreesboro where we live and yeah. the, the, we have a we have our own uh property management company that takes care of that so it's yeah. really really interesting to see that focus and that needing to let go Mm -hmm. full circle now now that we're able to take on these asset classes because now we do have the structure Mm -hmm. we have the team and we do have the knowledge frankly to take them all down Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's really inspiring so if you don't mind i always felt like the jersey real estate market is super competitive, right? I mean, granted, the prices are high and you can make a big profit, but there are just so many people out there trying to get the same wholesale deals Mm because we receive these letters all the time to try to get our house, right? (laughs) So how did you kind of, let's say, rise above the competition? Because it sounds like it was a very successful business. And I know you have a big marketing budget, but how did you get to that point where you can kind of, you know, be at that level. Number one, having faith in yourself. Um, our last wholesale deal was actually in Chatham, New Jersey. Oh, wow. You know how expensive Chatham is, yes. right? For sure. So I could have made a huge wholesale fee. I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I want to tell the story anyway. Yeah. I could have made a huge wholesale fee, got this this property under contract for, all he wanted was 450 He was like, you give me 450 you get me 450 
I don't like, I explained the whole, I was very, very honest when it came to wholesaling. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure all wholesalers are as honest as I was. Mm -hmm. I was very, very honest. I would tell them, this is what's going to happen. These are the fees that I could get because I am going to try to flip this contract. I'm going to try and sell the contract that I'm making with you mm -hmm. to someone else. Somebody else might flip this home or I might flip the home. There was still a lot of profit to be made at mm -hmm. $450. This is 2017 at the time, if I'm remembering correctly, 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and this, like, like I could have, if we had taken the house down and rebuilt, we could have sold that property for probably 1.5 at the, at the, like, yeah, yeah I, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, because it was right next to the school. It was, I mean, it was Chatham, New Jersey. It's like yeah, yeah. it's a plus everything mm -hmm. uh, for anybody that's listening to this that's not in New Jersey. It's like it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> it was this really sweet old couple. They had a daughter that they were taking care of that was in her forties. They wanted to move to Michigan. They just needed to get out, and they had literally, and this is coming back to the marketing, they had literally kept my card. And it was just one of those postcards that you send out. It had my name on it, my Google phone number. And it just said, hey, um, my name's Peely. I would love to make an offer on your house. Um, I don't remember. I, like, it was really, really basic. Nothing special. It was green. It was green. Like, I remember <laughs> being green. So I remember talking to them, and they're like, we kept your... That we just had a really good feeling about the card that you sent and we kept it um for three months we've had this card for three months and now we're we, we tried everything that we could and we can't sell our house um so we're calling you and they said that they called they tried calling a couple of other people and nobody got back to them mm. so <laughs> folks number one rule <laughs> someone calls you call them back yeah <laughs> Follow-up is key. So um, I think that kind of answers like a yeah. like, one, set yourself apart by actually answering the phone and being real and authentic. I know you, I know that word is overused now, that authentic word, but be authentically you. Like don't try to pretend to be someone else to get the deal done. I was just authentically me. I would go on the appointments. Like Jason and I, this is another reason why we we couldn't systematize because we would go on the appointments because we were the salespeople. We knew how to talk with people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we would, we would understand the seller with the phone call. And then one of us, depending on if we thought it needed to be a hard sale, I would sell I would send Jason. If it needed to be a softer sale, I would come, I would send myself. Mm -hmm, so yeah. I remember the first conversation. I mean, they had the house was just completely wrecked, completely just full of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I already had a buyer in mind. Hmm. But my buyer was another investor that I knew, mm -hmm. um, firefighter, and he had a price in mind. Uh -huh. And he knew. Like the price that I could go for if I went and sold this to a flipper, but he and his family had been looking in Chatham for probably a year. Oh wow! And I ended up selling it to him. Like, mm -hmm. I could have made huge fee. Mm -hmm. I ended up selling it to him. I actually acted as an agent and took an eight thousand dollar commission. Oh wow! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy though because I got to help a firefighter and his family mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he was there for he was there for 9-11 he was there he takes care of you know he takes care of New Jersey yeah, um, yeah. and I got to help a an older couple get to Michigan get to their son so that their daughter could be taken care of because they didn't know how much longer that they were going to last. They had to be in their 70s or 80s at the time. Mm -hmm. So while saying this story, and now I, after saying the story, I know why I said the story. It just comes back to be authentically you. 
Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are in it for the money and that's great. I think money, money makes the world go around. You have to, you have to make money. Mm -hmm. And I could take that fee because I could, like, I just, I could, um, like I didn't need that commission or that, that huge fee. It would have been, it would have been helpful, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to help more than I needed to see the dollar signs on that last deal. And I knew it was, I kind of knew it was going to be our last deal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I just wanted it to be a good one. Yeah. So being authentically you, and if you're, if authentically you is going after the sale and making that money, then you do that. Mm -hmm. But understand that you're going to, you're going to uh, attract a certain type of consumer, a certain type of client, a certain type of seller, a certain type of buyer. They're Mm going to like your, your buyers are going to know that your cutthroat, you're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. but you might not get to the seller. So if you need that softer sell, you're going to have to find that person for your team. You're mm-hmm. going to have to find that person that can sell that soft side, that can sell the heart close. Yeah. But no, being honest, being authentic, and rising above those people that are not, mm-hmm. um, I think is everything. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. Such a such an inspiring story. And, you know, in this case, you helped out so many people and kind of the, you know, fallout impact of that, too. And I could just see that, you know, the firefighter made a beautiful home for him and his family. And then you helped out this old couple as well. That's just tremendous. They actually created an incredible home. They showed me the pictures. It took them a little while because, you know, permitting in New Jersey is very, very fun. Let's just go with that. It's fun. Not fun. Not fun at all. Um, so permits took a little while longer and then they ended up taking construction into COVID. Oh, so it took a little while longer. So it was actually, the thing is, it was actually a really good thing that they also got it at a discount. Mm-hmm. And I told him, because he was an investor too, I was like, if you turn around and you wholesale this deal again, I'm going to be very, very angry. <laughs> a few years later, though, I was like, do you know how much equity you have in this house? Mm-hmm. Sell it. He was like, but I can't because I couldn't buy anything else right now. I'm like, okay, well, there's yeah. that. I was like, you can move to Tennessee. The great school system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe let's shift gears a little bit. So it sounds like there are, you know, different kind of segments of your business again with the different asset classes, but are you doing anything else kind of unrelated? Cause you know, like you say, you're very entrepreneurial, right? So I wouldn't be surprised that you have some side gigs going on besides kind of the real estate focused stuff. So before I launch into this, for anyone that's listening to this, that is starting in real estate or looking to get into other asset classes, focus mm-hmm. is necessary. Yeah. Focus and creating a team. Mm-hmm. Um, a focus first. So right. you need to be amazingly focused and like, I mean, I, I went sort of into the story of how I was anorexic mm-hmm. and how I've dealt with health issues. Um, and knowing yourself and setting time apart for yourself is really, really important. Like even if it's like five minutes of just me time. Mm-hmm. For me, I have an hour that sometimes gets gets like chopped up into pieces by the kids, but I still have an hour. I give myself an hour during my day. Uh-huh. Um, even if it has to be like five minutes here, a half an hour there. Mm-hmm. I exercise, I eat correctly, I eat right. Mm-hmm. I breathe fresh air, I touch grass, whatever you want to call it, make that time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Now I've said that. So um, we're still focused, but now it's, we're focused on growth. Growing our company, growing multiple our multiple streams of income, growing just kind of growing and growing in a fashion where we can, because we are so we we've laid a great foundation of um, great steady investments that we can grow from. So we also are invested in crypto. Ah, okay. Um, we are also invested and this is, and the thing is we're invested in crypto and mm-hmm. we've, we've done the research, 
but that is a very risky investment. But we can take those very risky investments knowing that crypto could go to zero. Mm -hmm. We don't think it is, but it could just go to zero and that money is gone. Mm -hmm. Any investment's gonna be a risk. Crypto just has to happens to be a little riskier. We have our real estate investments, very, very strong portfolio mm -hmm. um, in many, many markets. Mm -hmm. We're also looking at acquiring businesses. We're looking at two different businesses currently. Nothing's acquired yet, but we're looking for businesses that we can acquire that we can either give an influx of capital to or to simply acquire and take the business in. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that we're doing. Um, what else are we doing? I'm also, I also got my own personally on the personal side. Uh -huh. um, I learned how to speak Spanish. And I had this huge goal of getting my yellow belt in karate this year. Oh, nice. I just got it um, on this past Friday. So Ooh, congrats. how to, I mean, I'm, I'm 40, I'm 40, I'm 42, mm -hmm. I'm 42. So my, I want to keep my mind active. So no matter what age you are, whether you're in your teens, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 80s, because I still feel like I still have more than half my life still ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Keep your mind active. It's like, I know the question was about like, what else are we doing entrepreneurial? Mm -hmm. In order to keep that entrepreneurial spirit and to keep yourself going in that direction, to keep building businesses or acquiring businesses or whatever it is that you want to do, you have to keep your mind solid. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter what age you are. Cause I know a lot of 20 year olds that are, mm -hmm. their brains are just like fried mm -hmm. because they're not taking care of themselves. And I know a lot of 70 year olds. In fact, one of my students is like almost 80. And wow. he just put out an LOI for an apartment building that costs $80 million. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> no fear, no fear. Knows how to underwrite, learn how to underwrite, learn how to take down buildings. He has, I think he has like almost a hundred units in the Carolinas that we've, we've uh, partnered up with him. Maybe not that, not, maybe not that many. Don't quote me on that number. <laughs> just right. took down a portfolio. It has a, a retail, um, it has retail and commercial and it has multifamily as a part of it. So he's 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Just learn how to do multifamily. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Cool. So no matter what you want to do, focus in and then keep your mind active so that you can see the opportunities when they arise. I think the difficulty is sometimes we miss the opportunities because our minds are distracted or our minds aren't ready for it. Mm -hmm. So make sure that your mind is always ready for next opportunity yeah yeah no that's great advice so but how do you sort of manage all that with life right because you have three kids and you know i think you mentioned a little bit that you exercise you eat right that's all great and wonderful but how did you have that kind of discipline to do it how do okay i'm gonna answer your first question how do i manage all of it yeah. i don't <laughs> I don't. I know that's a funny. I know that's a funny answer. Let me let me explain. Creating a team mm -hmm. is imperative if you want to grow. Anybody that says I do it alone, they're either lying or they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably they don't have kids. Uh -huh. Right. Right. So. Why I say I don't is because we have a fantastic team. So out of COVID, when we when COVID happened, we we're still in New Jersey. We closed our office, brought everything into our home, worked from home, didn't see anybody. We had we had to, well, she wanted to actually be let go, but we let go one of our office people. We only had two people in our office, plus Jason and I. Um, and then we moved to New, we moved to Tennessee. Our first hire I actually met on Clubhouse. Oh. I had, I got really, I mean, it was COVID. We, 
we all needed to talk to people. So I got into Clubhouse, ended up loving it, hosting rooms, being a part of, of an incredible family there. Uh-huh. Um, and I noticed this incredible woman following me and following my friends into all the rooms. And she was learning how to do real estate. She wasn't sure what type of real estate she wanted to do. She would come up and speak, ask questions. She was like incredibly intelligent. And one day she reached out, we had a conversation and she said, Hey, I'm going to be in Nashville. At some point she said, I'm going to be in Nashville. Can, can we go get coffee? I was like, sure. You can come to the office. But I, I knew at that time that we, we were also hiring, but we had just hired our first assistant here in uh-huh. Tennessee. Two days before she was to meet us for coffee, our assistant quits and moves back to Florida. Ooh. So Alessandra, uh, she's also on Bigger Pockets. Uh-huh. Um, Alessandra Thompson comes to work, work for us, gets to learn how to do multifamily, mm-hmm. basically with us as we're doing it. And now she is our our assistant asset manager. She's our asset manager. She takes care of so many different things. We also have a marketing director. We have a director of acquisitions who actually loves storage. So he's the reason why we're doing so much storage. He used to have a <clears throat> a um, landscaping company that he sold, decided uh-huh. he wanted to go into real estate acquisitions. We also have another assistant who is basically managing the entire operations of our um, property management company. Mm-hmm. Um, who, am also, who else am I forgetting? And we are also, we're always looking to hire good people. And we believe in finding the, like great people. We have like specific jobs for them. But if we figure out that that great person doesn't necessarily fit in that job, we want to move them around until we find like where they fit. And then we can find like all of our assistants end up moving themselves to different places. So we continuously mm-hmm. bring in bring or bring in assistants. So back to your original question, how do I manage it all? Again, I don't. I don't manage it all on my own. We also I also have a personal assistant. She was brought in to be our kiddos nanny. Um, and and this is when we were when I was still just uh, just not just when I was homeschooling, uh-huh. uh, just homeschooling, when I was homeschooling as well as, you know, building businesses, all that other stuff. Um, I brought in somebody to help out with the kids, with the house, like an extra set of hands for myself. Mm-hmm. I, like, she is my second brain, right. like having somebody else to be okay. Like I tell her, okay, this is what's happening on these days. And she remembers it all. She makes sure the kids are set up. Um, I haven't had her for the last two weeks. I don't know how, I've managed, but we have. <laughs> um, and Jason reminded me, my husband reminded me that, um, like, even if it all failed, I know this, go- this goes past your question. Say I really couldn't manage. Say it all failed. Say we we lost it all. Um, all of our employees quit. Whatever happened. The thing is, between Jason and I, we're so strong that we would figure it out. So you ask me, how do I manage? Even though I said, I don't, I don't because I know I can. Mm-hmm. I know if push came to shove, if everything like fell apart, we could pick it up. Mm-hmm. And as long as myself, Jason, and the kids were all healthy, mm-hmm. we would manage. We would figure it out. Even if, it, even if we had to go move to Hawaii with my parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a hardship. Yeah, no, yeah, that one, the Hawaii part wouldn't be, but <laughs> no, but that's such a great way to think about it. Um, really, really good answer. What keeps you up at night? Oh. Besides things could fail, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure there are more immediate concerns. <laughs> it's crazy. I woke up at like, I, I could have sworn it was six o'clock. It was two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. So let me give you a real answer. What was I thinking about this morning? Um... I was thinking about our new house. Our new house keeps me up at night because we had to kind of dust off some of our flipping stuff and create like all the, all of our, we ended up GCing our house ourselves because Jason and I just, 
we couldn't, we were looking at the budget and we were like, all the prices that we can't, we, all the quotes that we brought in from GCs. I was like, there's no way I'm not going to pay a GC that much money. When I know. <laughs> Jason, we're, we're not going to do it. Uh -huh. We know we can do it ourselves. Um, and we did a full gut rehab and it's going to be nine months, which is not bad considering it's a really, it's a 37 square, it was 3,700 square foot home. Oh, yeah. um, on about three acres so that kept me up this morning <laughs> um my kids my kids keep me up because mm -hmm. uh, i just you know sometimes i just worry just random worries of a mom like yeah i hear you old, old anxieties coming <laughs> into my head that have nothing to do with real life like you know what if one day i don't know he falls off a skateboard or he decides to marry the wrong guy or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so just like random things. It's not, it's not like one thing that keeps me up. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that even with the market as it is today, I know regardless of the market, I remember being really, really cautious and scared in 2016 when we first started buying multifamilies. Mm -hmm. Now I wish I had bought, bought 10. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, mm -hmm. like, even though some, like, I don't, and I don't know who's listening to this right now, if you're in a scary time in your life or you feel like you're not financially solid and you're like, oh, well, Peely, good for you. Look at where you are today you can be here too. It's, your path is going to look different, but going through life scared, it's a whole different from being cautious. Mm -hmm. Like I believe in having some caution, but also you have to take that leap without taking that leap. You might figure out that it's like that kid who, who like, I, I don't know if you've seen the meme. It's a kid that's holding on to a rope, thinking that he's drowning. He's like kicking and screaming. And all of a sudden his like parents like shove him downwards, uh -huh. not his head, but his body. And he stands up. Right. Right. Yeah. I think so much, of life is like yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. so much of life is like, I think you're drowning, but really you just have to have the courage to stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Such a great advice. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I'm so inspired. So um, what's in your future you. besides, you know, all the wonderful things you have going on right now? What's in my future? Um, hopefully some lunch and more <laughs> coffee in my immediate future. Uh, Jason and I have a lot of Professional and personal goals. Professional goals include, like, include raising $50 million to purchase real estate. That's one professional goal. We want to help that many people to invest passively. I mean, that's, I'll take it to that level. I want to help a lot of people invest passively or invest equity. Uh, actively. Mm -hmm. um, right now we have about a hundred businesses in our coaching program. I would love to double that within the next couple of years. That means I'm helping more people. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you say a hundred businesses, you mean a hundred students or not necessarily students. I want, I, I, especially at the multifamily level, mm -hmm. I count people that like it might be a single person who creates their own business because multifamily real estate, mm -hmm. if we, we have to think about real estate as a business, we have to stop thinking about real estate as real estate. Right, real right. estate is another business that has its own set of rules that is defined by the property that you purchase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's a business. You're creating a business. Each of my buildings, each of my, each of my, um, multifamily buildings is a business. It's a separate business. Yep. I currently have multiple businesses. Um, so in the future, like running these businesses to their optimal degree to make my investors, my current investors, the, the returns that I had not, uh, we never promise, we never promise returns, but that I had spoken of 
mm-hmm. um, making sure that there is at least the return of capital uh-huh. and then going for the return on capital. Yeah. Um, like these are some of the professional things that Jason and I talk about. Uh, we have, we've kind of stopped dreaming about like the unit count. Mm-hmm. Um, that really doesn't matter as much as how much capital am I making my investors. Yeah. Um, so that's some of the professional. Um, personally, we want to get into our new house. That I see that in our future. Uh-huh. Um, good education for our, for my for our kids. Mm-hmm. Setting them up even more so than they already are. Uh, teaching them about what we do and teaching them about the different <sighs> the different paths that they could take mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And through that. Yeah. And for me, it's really stu- studying how how people have done it before me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Successful kids, how did they their kids become successful? And studying people who are, I mean, for lack of a better word, wealthy. Like how wealthy people take care of their children, mm-hmm. like, and not, and I don't want them to be like taught by robo mom. <laughs> like making sure that they're instilled with the values and that Jason and I have been instilled with that we've learned throughout our lives, instilling that with our kids and learning from our kids and learning with our kids and playing with our kids. I see a lot of soccer coaching in Jason's future. <laughs> uh, yes. And then actually the reason why I, I started in karate is because my kids all take karate. And I want them to see that, okay, mommy's doing it too. Mm-hmm. Like mommy's doing it too. Mommy's actually up-leveling in belts. Mommy's taking it seriously. We should too. And if it comes to the time when they don't want to, then great. Then we will talk about that later why do they want to change why don't they want to do it i'm having this conversation with my four-year-old he's like i don't want to mommy uh-huh. i'm like why he's like because i want to watch tv i was <laughs> like oh what you're going to learn so much more at karate you get to see your friends at karate you get to learn things you get to learn how to protect yourself you get to learn how to protect your sister and brother and teaching them to protect each other Mm-hmm. Uh, I could keep on going on with the future. Oh, no, that's yeah. Down to it, mm-hmm. I. It's like underwriting, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, like analyzing a deal. You can only analyze it so much and hope for the future so much. But you simply got like make your goals, set the action steps for those goals, get and hold yourself accountable, and then kind of you also kind of gotta let it go, like. Yeah let life I don't want to say let life happen but you can only guide it so much if you have because I've tried that because I I need like for myself I could go all over the place I'm very like dreamy flighty so I need the systems but I found found if I create these uber strict systems Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy life Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm So structure it however you need to structure it to take those steps forward that you need to grow, but also let yourself live. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So my next question is, what are your words of encouragement for people who want to be entrepreneurs or want to get into real estate, but just couldn't quite, you know, pull that plug to do it? (sighs) So I'm going to kind of quote Gary Vee and then kind of go launch into another story. Um, so Gary Vee says that not everybody is entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And it's okay. Like mm-hmm. the term entrepreneurial is like so in. Like everybody should have their own business. Everybody should get into real estate. If you don't, you failed. So here I'm going to tie this in with my like going back to my life story because mm-hmm. I can take from my life I've never had a steady long-term job mm-hmm. ever I've had I've held so many different jobs and we don't have enough time mm-hmm. to talk about like different <laughs> jobs of Peely 
like um, as soon as like as soon as I got out of high school, I tried to get a job in high school. My dad wouldn't let me. He was like, "You're too focused on your job." I wanted to work at this bakery really because I just wanted to eat the sweets. But that was yeah. <laughs> um, so as soon as I got into college, I held five jobs while getting my degree in college. Wow. I just, I, I was like all over the place. I just wanted to do all the things. Um, so my life story and every, actually everyone's life story is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, I'm guessing you went to school, you got your job in the field and this might be totally off. So this, this might be for some, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not actually going to point this to you. This might be for some of you that are in a job that you don't want to let go of or are in a field that you don't want to let go of. Say you went to school to become a dentist. You went to school to become a dentist. That's a lot of years of your of your life going to going to become a dentist. You become yeah. a dentist mm -hmm. and you're seeing all these other people getting into real estate, maybe even other dentists. Mm -hmm. And but you're like, oh, I don't know how many like work 40, 60 hours plus do all the things, plus do that, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of jump in. Uh -huh. But you never, like, you never actually do it. And that's okay. Maybe that's, maybe that's God. Maybe that's the universe. Maybe that's yourself telling you that maybe that's not right for you. What that person could do, that dentist could do, is learn how to invest passively correctly. Mm -hmm. So some of my students are in my program just to learn that. They want to know how to actively invest mm -hmm. so that they can passively invest correctly. They have capital that they want to put to play in the millions of dollars, but they want to make sure that they know exactly what I do so that when they invest in me or in anybody else, mm -hmm. that they know how I'm doing it to the T. They want to know how to underwrite so that they can underwrite the deals. They don't have to just go by the fact that, oh, PV sounds really cool and she was on bigger pockets. So I'm going <laughs> to. Mm -hmm. That's really dangerous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm a good person. And so far, our track record has been really, really good. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen to the market. I don't. And you don't know me. So unless you know how to underwrite and unless you know how, how an asset manager, who the asset manager actually is, I know a lot of people who are investing in. in some investments that they don't actually know who the asset manager is. Mm -hmm. That's the person that's pulling the strings, right? So yeah. for anybody who's looking to get into multifamily passive end, make sure you have access to that asset manager. So back to your question, because I could go on that tangent for another hour. <laughs> I don't want to dissuade you from your dream of getting into real estate. In fact, I think you are already in it if you choose to be. You just have to find how you fit in, not to anybody's mold, not to anything that bigger pockets tells you to do, not to anything that I tell you to do, not to anything that whoever else, whatever other podcast is telling you to do it this way. You have to find out the version of entrepreneurship that works for you. Mm -hmm. So for some, it's, and it, especially if you love what you do and you don't want to let it go. A lot of people I talk to, they're like, I love what I do. I just know that there is more that I could be doing with mm -hmm. my capital or I could be doing with my time. I now have time. So it's really like taking a look, okay, do I have time or do I have money? Mm -hmm. Do I have money or both? But yeah. which one do I have more of? Because that's what you're going to focus on first. If you have more time than money, then you spend more time getting to know how to do it actively and then having faith to take the jump, to take that, that, um, that leap into the unknown. I'm using air quotes for anybody that's just listening to the podcast. I'm using air quotes. And I say unknown because there's only so much education that you can have until you have to take the step forward. All of my students know this. Like we tell people how many, we ask them, how many LOIs have you put out? How many, how many offers have you put out in this week? Because you need to talk to X amount of brokers to get to X amount of deals, to underwrite X amount of deals, to take the underwrite that step further to write the offer. Yeah. yeah. How many of those have you done within the week? So again, to 
last answer. <laughs> because I get this, I get this question all the time, especially from people who have really stable, really lucrative nine to five W2, whatever the case, steady jobs. Mm-hmm. Do you need to be in real estate full time? Maybe not. Maybe it becomes part of your portfolio. Maybe you do it on a, you figure out how to do it as a side gig. Maybe you find a partner that wants to do it full time and you jump in with them. But you need to find what that slice of entrepreneurship is, especially if it's in your heart to do. You find how it works with your life, not with anyone else's, not how anybody else tells you to do it. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, oh, that that's awesome. So I think my last question for you then is, what's your favorite, either a book that's on self improvement or business, or kind of a practice, you know, either meditation or something else, that you find most helpful? So two books that I read a very long time ago. Okay. I always quote the first one. I don't even have it anymore. It's Miracle Morning. Okay, yeah. Miracle Morning is a great kickstart to start having. And the thing is, I know it says Miracle Morning. It doesn't have to be in the morning. If you're not a morning person, don't force yourself to be a morning person. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm done with that. I'm done with the forcing of things like that. (laughs) It gives you a great structure. Um, It's called Savers. Don't ask me what that means anymore. Go look at the book, read the book, listen to it on on Audible. but it gives you great structure on how to start your morning. And then the other one is The One Thing. Ah, by Gary. Gary. Yep. (laughs) This and, do I have it here? No, I don't have it here. So The One Thing and The 12-Week Year Mm -hmm. really jump-started how I live my life today. Mm -hmm. So The One Thing helps because every single day I pick one thing. I have to get this one thing done if I get this one thing done, my day is super successful. Yeah. And I'm very, I'm butchering the book, but that's how I read it myself these days. I actually haven't read this book for years, but it's like yellowing. It has all the, it has, I should probably read it again. Yeah. But I get one thing in my day, as long as I get this one thing done, my day is successful. And imagine if your day could be successful every single day, how much more you would get accomplished. Because you get that one success done, success leaves clues. I know that is usually, um, what's his face, says that, uh, I can't even remember his name right now. Uh, Not a guru, Tony Robbins. Uh, (laughs) Tony Robbins actually says that, success leaves clues. And that's usually in the form of mentorship. But I believe you can leave clues for yourself. You get successful for with one thing, and even if it's getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. So I know some of your listeners might just be dealing with that. Yeah, you yeah. get out of bed, go brush your teeth, make your bed. Mm-hmm. Successful, you got out of your bedroom. Yeah, great. What's the next successful thing that you can do? For me, it's like if I can successfully get my morning routine done, that's like a big win. But then professionally, I'll usually have okay. I need to make it to the office before nine o'clock, get myself set up so I can do this podcast. Once this podcast is done, that was my one thing. Great. Yeah. Can I get, <laughs> I have a list of, I, we all have lists of all the things that we can do, but as long as you get that one thing done, mm-hmm. that list becomes so much easier. Now it's just a, a list of like random things you got, you got to check one of them off. What else can you get done? What else can you be successful at? So the one thing is really, really important if you haven't read that book and then um, 12-week year. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, I guess you only asked for one, but I gave you No, no, two has two been better than one. <laughs> Miracle morning, yeah. Miracle morning, one thing, 12-week year. Yeah, yeah. So I read both Miracle Morning and The One Thing, but I haven't read The 12-week year as uh, um, that one, not yet. But is that also by Gary Keller? No, that's by Brian Moran. Okay, okay. But yeah. the one thing yeah. is just, I mean, it, the one thing laid the foundation. 12-week year takes it to another level. It's telling, it basically tells you why have these year goals 
take a year, condense it to 12 weeks, take 12 months, condense it to 12 weeks and get your goal done faster. So if you have a goal that you want to get done quickly, 12 week, 12 week year is the way to go. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. I'll, I'll look that one up. All right. This has been great. Thank you so much, Pili. Um, I really, really appreciate your time. Um, so before we head out, um, do you mind sharing where people can find more about you? The best, absolute best place to go is my website, Yarusi Holdings. My last name, Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings.com. You can find me all over socials. I'm pretty sure I'm still the only Pili Yarusi in existence. <laughs> so I'm at Pili Yarusi on all socials. But the best place would be my website. Awesome. Thank you so much again. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you.